Hey, ghoul friends, it's me, Adrian, or Aiden. Either way, I'm still your host, and you are still listening to Susto, the podcast of ooky, spooky, scary stories. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023, all of you. Thank you so much for tuning back in, and if this is your first time, welcome to Susto. I'm so excited to start this new year. I feel excited, motivated, rejuvenated, all the good things, you know, all the good vibes. I'm, I'm definitely starting the new year like that, and I hope you are too. Really quick updates about the show. Recently, I sat down and had another conversation with Veronique Medrano, who was a guest on Susto just a couple episodes ago. And now I am going to be a guest on her podcast, which is called Accordion to Me. So go ahead and follow Veronique and her show. Listen to her show, of course, but make sure to catch the episode that I am on with her. We had so much fun. And without giving too much away, all I will say is, of course, it had to be me. That's all I'll say. It had to be me. Of course, it was when I was there. And you're just going to have to uh, listen and watch because we did record it as well. Whichever you prefer, uh, that's all I'm going to say. It was a fun time. Veronique, thank you so much for having me. And if you haven't heard that episode of Veronique on Susto, make sure you go back and listen to that as well. I feel like I forgot to talk about it in the last episode because I was just, you know, really excited to get back on track after I had that sinus infection. But the obviously December, we did not do a live stream, a movie night, anything like that. And I really wanted to stay on top of that so again in staying with you know the the motivated theme of 2023 that I'm putting out there for myself and for you if you want it I'm gonna go ahead and set up another movie night for the month of January so make sure that you keep your attention on the Susto social medias that's at Susto podcast on every platform Facebook Twitter Instagram and TikTok and uh, yeah so just again access to movie nights is uh, limited for best school friends on Patreon patreon.com slash Susto podcast so if that's something you think you'd be interested in make sure to check it out beforehand i'll be doing you know a live stream for everyone to see what movie we are going to watch and yeah you can make your choice from there but again look out for the social media that's where any and all updates about the show and anything that we're doing will be so without taking up too much more of your time i am very excited to jump into today's episode this is the kind of like a part two continuation of the last Letters from the Beyond. If you haven't heard that one, Letters from the Beyond Part 4, that one was a lot of fun. A very close personal girlfriend of mine sent in some of her stories from the house that she grew up in, that her family was in, and uh, they were really good. But again, there was such a healthy amount of content that I wanted to split it up into two episodes. So we're going to dive into the rest of Erica's stories, and I have another submission that I wanted to read on this episode as well. You can send in your own scary stories for me to share on the show or on social media because it can also be a video, picture, audio, anything spooky. I will find a way to share it, but you can get that to me by sending it to sustopodcast.gmail.com. You can leave it in a five-star review if you're able to do so on whatever platform you're listening to, or you can send it in a DM on the socials. Also, please make sure to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening, like and or subscribe to the show. That helps me more than anything, and it is a free way to support your ghost host. Again, thank you so much, and let's go Go ahead and jump into today's letters. Okay, so continuing Erica's stories, this one says... When I had my son, one night after I bathed him and got him ready for bed, 
I left him in his crib for a second to go to my mother's room for something. While I was in there with my mom, my son yelled a scary yell. He was about four months old and still had that whiny cry. This was different. It was a yell and it was all of a sudden. My mom and I ran inside. I had posters and old helium balloons pinned up on my wall and the corners of those things were moving as if there was wind in there. I didn't even have a fan in that room. I picked him up where he had been laying and he was soaked. His pajamas were dry and his pamper was dry, but the sheets were wet all the way down to the mattress. My mom said, go to my room and stay there. She closed the door behind me and I could hear her praying. Again, I was clueless, never thought anything about it. There was a time my son was about six months old and he was napping in his crib. I walked outside to feed our dog and the door locked. We didn't have a spare key and my son was inside alone. No one else was home. I walked to the neighbor's house in a panic and asked for help. We had burglar bars on the window so it seemed impossible to get in. My little brother showed up with his friend and they squeezed him through the bars and he was able to unlock the door. Of course, when I ran to my room, my son was yelling his head off. That had never happened before. When my older brother left for college, I took his room. The room with the weird carpet. My son was now about three or four at the time, and he had drawers filled with toys. It happened that several times I would wake up to find the drawers open and toys on the floor. This wasn't my son because he would sleep through the night at that age, so how could he have woken up and been playing in the dark? I also experienced doors slamming and lights being turned on and off in that room. My older brother. His room was the only room in the house that had a different carpet and the built-ins were orange. In that room, my brother would experience doors slamming shut and lights turning off while he was up late at night studying. His TV would turn on and off on its own. His game console would pop out the game he'd be playing in the middle of the game. He would listen to music with headphones on and his tape recorder would stop playing and the tape would pop out in the middle of the songs. There was a small horse stable in the back of the house. Always looked creepy to me, but when my brother would be cutting the grass, he'd get really bad anxiety and heart palpitations when he'd cut the grass around the shed. He eventually stopped cutting the grass around there altogether. To this day, he has no idea why. He doesn't suffer from anxiety and hasn't ever felt that way again in his life. In that same shed, there was a small room that my brother put a weight set in. He said, as soon as he started to try to work out, he felt the shed get really cold and he felt a heaviness on his chest. The shed was outside in Texas heat. It was impossible for that outdoor room to turn cold. He left all his heavy weights and equipment in that little room to collect dust and rust. I think it stayed there for years. My little brother was about 10 or 11. We had a long hallway in our house that led to the bedrooms. He said he'd race something in the hallway. He had no idea what, but he could hear someone say, Go! And they'd race. He was in his bedroom watching TV. He said something on HBO that he shouldn't have been watching. The door was locked, and all of a sudden he heard a loud banging on his door. He got scared, changed the channel, and opened the door, and no one was there. We hired a lady that would help clean our home and take care of my son when I was at work. She was embarrassed to swim during the day with us, so she would swim in the evenings when it was dark. One day, she told my mom that she'd never go back into the pool because she felt someone pull her under the previous night. My mom had done some research and found out that some people who lived there before us 
lost their son in a drowning accident in the pool. We often thought maybe the pranks were the little boy whose room remained unchanged, but there were other scary things that don't really seem like a little boy would have done. Plus, there was that tall man walking around the house. Yesterday, my brother and I drove by our old house. We got this crazy idea to stop and talk to whoever opened up. We walked up to the front door, introduced ourselves, and began asking the man if they had experienced anything similar to what we had. He just kept shaking his head and saying, No, everything is so calm and peaceful here. I noticed a young girl behind him nodding her head, and she said, Yes, Dad, things do happen here. She told us that she hears voices. They call her by her name. When she loses something, she can hear a voice tell her where it's at. She also said she was outside by the pool area feeding her dog, and she saw something darker than night on all fours, looking at her, and she ran inside. She has also seen the tall man walking through the house, as my mother had. The young girl told us, My mother has seen me in the house when I've been away at camp. She also experienced the lights turning on and off and banging on doors. As we walked away, I felt huge validation for our experiences in that house. My family and I often talk about it when we get together. Sometimes we share our experiences with others only to get laughed at. But yesterday, Yesterday made it real for us. I had goosebumps the entire time the little girl was telling us. She must have been about 14 or 15 years old. My little brother said, I wish they had invited us in, but I'm not too sure I would have gone back in. Thanks for letting me tell you our story. I'm sure there will be people who still laugh at us, but we lived it, and we know what happened. Uh, Eddie, I don't know why that last part made me kind of emotional. <laughs> um, I, I feel like the majority, if not all of the people who listen to Susto believe you. I know that I do a lot of demystifying or sometimes I ask questions or I try to explain away things. And a lot of times I don't. I just <laughs> go with it and let myself be scared. One of the things that I have heard when people talk about these sort of experiences is there is, and I think I've talked about it on the show before, is there's this idea of, like, obviously we've talked about the ideas of stress and trauma, um, but also everyday stresses, like if they pile up even a small amount, they can manifest in different ways for different people. I know that, what's it called? Like hallucinations are, can be a stress response. When I was going to therapy, my therapist asked me at one point if I had seen certain things or like, you know, and the way that she described them, I was like, yeah, shadow people in the corner of my like peripheral vision or whatever. And she explained to me how sometimes stress can manifest that way. But she said one thing that she told me, that's who it was that told me. And, and I th- I thought that this was really important for me to hear. And I think it's really important for a lot of people to hear is whether or not it's a hallucination or nobody else saw it, you saw it. it it's still real because you're experiencing it. And I'm not saying that these things that you and your family experience in your house are hallucinations or they were just manifestations of stress or what have you. After reading all this, I really do believe <laughs> that you were living in a haunted house. What I'm trying to say is at the end of the day, they were your experiences and the fact that you shared them with your family and this young woman that you got to speak to, it is very validating. And I think that anybody that would laugh at you for sharing this story is not such a nice person. But again, the Susto fam, the ghoul friends, I guarantee you are not laughing about this. If anything, we're all eating it up and being like, oh my god, that's happened to me, or you know? So again, thank you, Erika, for sharing that so much. 
So I'm going to move on to the next story. And this is from Adrian. And if you all don't know or haven't seen yet, Adrian is an amazing artist. And I have shared some of his work on uh, the social medias. He has done art that is either related to or based on some of the stories that I've told. So make sure that you go check them out. He actually did the art for the Mano Peluda foil print that I sent out to Best Girlfriends on Patreon. So again, if you haven't seen his art, make sure to go check him out. I think his name is Art Toast Adrian on Instagram. So we're going to go ahead and hear his story. He says, I love your podcast, dude. And I love your art, Adrian. (laughs) From the Latinx folklore to the spooky letters from the beyond, I really enjoy the work that gets put into it. Sadly, I'm going to break your heart here. I don't believe in the paranormal. Truly heartbroken. Considering your art is so good, I'll forgive you. We'll, We'll look past it. He continues, I'm a huge skeptic and I will find any logical reasoning for anything spooky that happens to me. I'm kind of that way. I'm the type of guy that will leave my foot hanging out of the bed and see if the kukui will grab my foot. Okay, I'm not that kind of guy. (laughs) However, I love to hear and watch anything to do with the paranormal and whatever lurks in the night or day, whatever they prefer. But no matter how much I try to find an explanation for this story, I end up nowhere. The story I am about to tell you happened to my grandparents and her kids, my aunts and uncles. My sister and I were also there, but we were too young to remember this. My family migrated from Mexico and settled down in a small pueblito known as San Ignacio, located between Laredo and Zapata, Texas. Oddly enough, this town is known for its fair share of ghost stories, as well as a history of skirmishes during the revolution. My grandparents settled down in a small plot of land that was known for its dark past. From what my aunt told me, the people that would settle there would have bad luck and would not last long on a plot of land. Things like their homes burning down, two deaths and a suicide to name a few. The home that my grandparents had was not a big place. In fact, it was a small trailer, like the small silver ones they used for the entrance of a ranch back in the day. Since my grandparents didn't have enough money, they would often get hand-me-downs or go through trash to find anything to use or sell. From what my grandma told me, she never had dolls of her own, so when she found anything resembling a doll, she would keep them. One such doll was this little nasty-ass vintage troll from the 90s. Sorry, grandma. You know, the ones with big eyes and hair like a mango chupado. My grandma brought it to her home, and this is where it takes a turn for all of them. My family told me that they would often go to the trash field to look for random stuff. My grandma had this habit of getting creepy toys. I still remember this creepy clown toy she had that would freak all of us out. As she walked around the trash fields, she saw the troll and decided to keep it. My family didn't see it as an issue because everyone knew she would keep these dolls and put them in places that were in sight. She decided to put the troll on the window in front of the sink. According to her, the troll would fall on its own. To me, since it's on the window, it's probably the wind pushing it down. But she continued to tell me that the wind had nothing to do with the constant falling. In fact, she had the window closed. On one occasion, as she was about to pick it up, it started to laugh. It's scary enough that it was laughing on its own, but what gave me goosebumps was hearing her say that she was scared because the laugh sounded demonic. I can see it in her face and the tone of her voice that she wasn't joking with me or even making this up. My uncle added to the story by saying that he feared sleeping in the living room because it would say things to them in the middle of the night. 
I don't know how they would sleep hearing this thing. They tried to get rid of it, but it would come back sooner or later. Eventually, they had to set it on fire only to hear its demonic screams as it melted away. I wish they had a picture to have proof of this thing, but I can't find anything. It would have been great to have some sort of proof, but all I have is their word. I know it's a short story, but it still gives me goosebumps thinking about it to this day. That is uh, disgusting. And you know what? I'm glad that there's no picture. <laughs> I, I don't want whatever was in that troll to be captured on the photo or what have you. Um, that is so terrifying. The, ugh. I, I have always been, even as a child, one of my like top like paranormal fears has been dolls dolls coming to life or being possessed or what have you it's just and you know what and that's probably the whole child's play chucky franchise but i feel like even before i saw those movies dolls would freak me out because we had dolls growing up i can't believe i never told this story i probably push it out of my mind but my mom had dolls in our house growing up and they were porcelain dolls that my sisters would that they got for a birthday present or what have you and they would freak me out i i don't know i need to ask my sisters and my mom but i remember them telling me stories about how those dolls moved or they would they would be left in one position and then you know a couple hours later when my sisters one of them was home alone the doll was in a different position so i don't know if they told me those stories just to scare me and they were messing with me or if that actually happened i'm gonna touch base with them and see but yeah dolls have always freaked me out and this little demonic laughing whispering in the night troll doll disgusting i'm glad that your family burned it I feel like that was a proper response. <laughs> and what would be even scarier is if they burned it and it still returned. Ooh! But, oh well. You know what? It's gone. Hopefully forever. So there you go. Adrian also sent this really neat article or page from the Texas State Historical Association about San Ignacio. So I'm just going to read maybe the first two paragraphs of this. And it says, San Ignacio, the oldest town in Zapata County, is on the Rio Grande and U.S. Highway 83, 30 miles south of Laredo and 14 miles northwest of Zapata. It was settled in 1830 by former residents of Revilla, now Nuevo Guerrero, Tamaulipas, under the leadership of Jesus Trevino. The site was in the southwest corner of the original Hacienda de Dolores, a grant made in 1750 by Colonel José de Escandón to José Vázquez Borrego, and was named for the patron saint of Guerrero, St. Ignatius Loyola. In 1830, Trevino built a sandstone home known as Fort Trevino, 100 by 140 feet. Jose Villarreal placed a sundial at the home in 1851. The timepiece has become a tourist attraction. San Ignacio became a center of trade by the mid-1800s, and the town was the scene of several border skirmishes throughout the years. During the Civil War, Confederate troops fought followers of Juan and Cortina there. In 1890, revolutionary opponents of Mexican President Porfirio Diaz led raids into Mexico from San Ignacio. And on June 15, 1916, troops of President Venustiano Carranza raided the United States border and fought a United States cavalry unit there. Definitely, you know, as we've said before on the show, tons of history in this town. And it seems like a, a lot of deaths, too. There was a lot of fights there. You know, the more people in one area, the more energy that's going to be brought to and through that area. So, yeah, it makes sense that there was a lot of whatever energy there. So even if it wasn't some sort of demon possessing this little troll doll, it still could have been some, like, really bad person that was that happened to be there. And there's 
spirit was trapped and inhabited a troll doll, which you think it's kind of funny because they're really silly looking little dolls, but not so funny when it's giving you like a gross demonic laugh. No, thank you. Well, ghoul friends, thank you all so much for tuning in to this Letters from the Beyond. Thank you to the ghoul friends who sent in their stories. Again, y'all, I love doing these episodes. I love hearing from you and your stories. And they also, like I said before, don't have to be written stories. You can send me if you've caught something on audio or video or a photo, what have you. Send it to me and I would love to share it on the show or the socials. You already know how to do that. Send an email to sustopodcast.gmail.com. Send me a DM to any of the social platforms that's at susto podcast or leave it in a five-star review if you are able to leave a review where you are listening i'm going to keep saying it those ratings and reviews help me so much the likes the follows the shares that is a free way to support the show and i so totally appreciate it i have big goals for 2023 and i have uh big ideas and i'm excited to to make those happen again keep an eye on the socials for any and all updates on the show and those live stream events that i'm going to make happen more throughout 2023 and if you are interested feel free to become a patron that's patreon.com slash susto podcast you can go ahead and peruse any of the tiers there's different benefits for each one find the one that works for you thank you for your support it means the underworld to me. And you are Liza, Sadie, Alejandra, Luther, April, Mario, Eva, D, Victoria, Josette, Sam, Angela and Co, Mandy, Julianne, Karen, Laurie, Jeannie, Monica, Desiree, Anna, Brenda, Jenny, Ashes, Neresa, Amanda, Rachel, William, Asukena, and Javier. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. I will talk to you in the next one. And uh, what's the cheese, man? Tell me a story. Bye.